Hello everybody, this is Justin, your merciful and humble Star-Lord. I'm here to tell you that episode 32 was recorded in the same situation as episode 31. The schools in New York were on holiday, which means there were a lot of children swarming Hex and Co, and it was at its worst at the time that we started recording episode 32. We knew that the show had to go on. Scheduling this many people to meet at the same time in New York is very complicated, so we recorded anyway. So in today's episode, there will be no ambiance in the background because it just really conflicts with the, the roar of the children, and it just doesn't sound good. There's also going to be minimal sound effects just because of the same reason. I do not like putting an episode out there that is not at the same caliber of editing that we've all come to expect from the show, but I would much rather you get the, the fun that was at the table and with the players organically than to not release this audio at all. After this incident with the holiday and the children, we did decide that we were going to move to a more private apartment setting once again for our recordings, and it just took us a few episodes to find that place. So the next couple of episodes after 32 are still going to be at Hex & Co, but very shortly after this we move to a more private apartment setting, and we get back to the high quality audio and editing that you are used to. In the next episode, episode 33, there is no holiday, there are no children, so please enjoy episode 32, and we'll get back to business as usual in episode 33. I, I went through them all. Jesus Christ. This guy's kicking my fucking ass. Hello, listeners, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Tableverse Podcast. My name is Justin, and I will be your Star-Lord for this original Starfinder campaign. Playing with me at the table today, we have... I'm Allie, and I play Quib, the Usagi operative. Hi, I'm Connor, and I'm playing Janice, the Shunta Envoy. What up? I'm Quinn, and I'm playing Kobak, the Vesk Mystic. I'm JD, I'll play Captain Eustace Clown, or the Monarchy Salarian. Hey, I'm Elaine, and I will be playing Leela, the Android operative. And these are the children. Really quick, yes, <laughs> here stars. at the top of the podcast today, I want to thank our host and home, Hex & Co., so, so, so much. They are a board game cafe in the Upper West Side of Manhattan. If you are in the city and you're looking for a place to chill and play some board games, maybe get a snack and a little bit of alcohol, Hex & Co. is the place to do it. Right now, unbeknownst to us, uh, there was a holiday today, and so there are a ton of little demons uh, surrounding us, and they're making a little bit of noise, as you can hear. So that's what we're dealing with today, and that's the nature of recording in an open kind of public space. Support Planned Parenthood. I'm about to go out back and cut me a switch and come back in here and lay down the law. I thought the kid has to pick it. That's sadistic. Besides, I sometimes they don't switch. bring back big yeah. enough ones. I played that game. Yeah, that's why they go, no, too small. Go back. So we are more than willing to share this space with the children because we are so thankful to Hex & Co. Yeah, we're glad they're they're gaming rather than doing literally anything else horribly. Drugs or murders. Or sexes. All of the murders. Or sexes. Or porn. Porn is a victimless crime. Previously, 
on the Tableverse podcast, the crew of the Terrapin landed in Farrakhan. They met a dock attendant by the name of Juliet, who had unnaturally bright blue eyes, and Janice noticed a glint of purple in them as well. Janice highly suspects that this dock attendant was under some sort of mind control of the Ambra Corporation. The crew made their way across the bridge to Farrakhan, and they were gifted some skin cream to help protect them from the sun. Free samples from the Ambra Corporation. Guys, they're just here to save the world. And we don't trust that shit. Pharmaceuticals do not save the world. It's like the pharmaceutical version of saying, I'm a nice guy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Shortly after, they met an Akbaru handler named Kalitas. They dazed him and pretty much stole four of his Akbaru so that they could make their way. Borrowed, borrowed. We intend to return them, I'm sure. I hope so. Cramda does not feel good about stealing from this guy. Don't kill any of them. And they are making their way to the coordinates where Jim Tasselhoff is supposed to be receiving a, some sort of delivery. This is uh, Razka's mission. We're currently on, and we open on uh, about 45 minutes after you left Farrakhan. Uh, it has been a long journey. The Akbaru are galloping. Janice has now spent 45 minutes out in Akaton's heat and atmosphere. How are you feeling, Janice? I'm going out to country, running it, running <laughs> Real quick, can I do the nap for what this animal sounds like as they run? Sure. Get it? No. Nope. Three, because they've got six legs. It's not... It's, you know? I get it. Sure. Thank you. Nice, yeah, I got Elaine. it. Good job, Elaine. Nice. Ten Connor experience. <laughs> And Connor it's now a separate like, system. Do you want to know what the exchange rate is between Connor experience <laughs> and It's probably experience. real poor. Negative five points. <laughs> oh, man. It's really gone down. Every ten of mine is negative five of his. Same as the exchange rate of shirt bucks to Stanley Nichols. Office reference. Same as unicorns to leprechauns. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, to answer your question, I am singing that song to myself. I mean, I think I'm hot, but I have my I have my hat, so I try to pull the brim a little low to shade my skin, and then I'm still wearing my tux, which is really just the tux jacket, no shirt, so it should be pretty breathy. It was custom made, so it's a high quality material. I uh-huh. think I'm feeling good, feeling fresh, feeling ready for some adventure. Nice, Quib. Yes. You're riding with Globok. I know. It's hot. It is very warm on your Akbaru. Feeling it. He is saying, I always wanted to come here to Akaton with you, but we never made it out here. And now that we are here, what, what do you think of it? Is it as beautiful as you thought it would be? All right, Globok, I got to remind you yet again, the quib you are thinking of is a different quib. Ah, yes. So let's not get twisted. I apologize. I appreciate how much you care for me, but you know, it's I don't have that history with you. But it's uh it's is beautiful in a barren kind of way. <laughs> yes, it has a certain kind of charm. Like a grandmother's womb. <laughs> Ooh. That's precisely how I would put it. Or like an android's heart. Oh, I like to picture that that Janice was just like riding past them as he said that. (laughs) I just heard barren yet beautiful, and I was like, a grandmother's womb. (laughs) Yes, precisely. 
Leela, Icebox is riding with you. Icebox says, I, sh- I should not be piloting this beast. You should be piloting this for me. You get in the front now. Um, why? Well, because you are here to serve, obviously, are you not? <laughs> um, yes, kind of how I served a lot of shocks to your body when we fought and I almost, almost killed you. Would you like some more of that? Do you remember how I dangled your captain's nearly lifeless body from the end of my spear? You would have been next. Um, I would be happy to take the reins of the Akbaru because um, you are a terrible driver. Yes, well, I am not programmed to drive such things, so please, show me your expertise. Hmm. Yes, it'd be nice if you showed us you had expertise in anything at all, really. Okay, okay, you two, the sexual tension is a bit thick here, okay? <laughs> Again, we're just riding by. As he Let's said. just stay on track. Here. And Icebox says, oh, I did not realize you were programmed for sexual services. Aren't they all? <laughs> okay, Leela is gonna fucking punch Icebox in the back and try and kick him off the ice, the Akbaru for that. Give me an attack roll. <laughs> Everything said to, like, give me a tack roll. Everything she does. Oh, nat 20. <laughs> oh, shit. All right, roll some damage and roll it twice. Little fucker. I got a one and a three. <laughs> All right, so a four. Do you have any bonuses to that attack? With my spark gloves, which are still my favorite weapon. Thank you for figuring this out for me, Justin. An attack bonus of four. So eight. I want to punch him in the kidney. And is there anything that happens when you crit, like burn damage or something? Um, I assume, like, electrical damage? Is that a thing? Uh, The spark gloves don't have a critical thing, I don't know. Oh, okay. Maybe they do. I recall them being very effective against Icebox in the past. So Leela's behind him. She's got her spark gloves on. Assuming this hits, this is what I want this to look like. She gets really fed up with the comment, aren't they all built for sex? And goes, wham! And slams her fists, both fists, into either one of his kidneys. Oof. With a big old bzzzt. Tough. I am tough. I feel like regular Kobach just looks and like winces. Because it's not like seeing another human get hurt. It's like seeing you. All right. So you shock Icebach really good. Like for a split second, you can see his uh, skeleton <laughs> just like Globach. <laughs> and you don't have to kick him because he throws his arms up in the air. They stay there and then he slowly just slides <laughs> off to the right and falls on the ground lifeless. And Leela pulls her awkward short, and I assume everyone slows down just to stare at what has happened. And she goes, uh, that will be enough talk of androids in this way. Thank you. Icebox is just laying there in the chair. <laughs> She'll reach down and pick him up and put him across like a blanket. Well, remember, this is a, uh, it's like as big as a giraffe, so you'll have to get down to get him. Fine. She gets down, tosses him up on the back like a sack of potatoes, <laughs> gets back up, and keeps fucking going. Okay. Thank you. Excellent. So now he's just lying across the back of this <laughs> Akbaru, and we continue on into the wasteland. Undignified. That feels real good. Leela, warrior princess. Woo! That's pretty dope. Thank you. Shortly thereafter, you know that you're getting close to these uh, coordinates and to the time that this meeting is supposed to take place. So if you want to take uh, some precautions, you definitely can. You find the spot, there's there's no one there right now, but presumably in roughly an hour there there will be. Mm-hmm. This is an open, uh, deserted area. There's not much around. There's a couple of, of ridges, 
uh, you know, a couple of cactuses here and there, but... Cacti. Cacti, thank you. A couple of cacti here and there, but other than that, there's not much out here. So we don't have anything to hide behind? We could hide on, what's it called, like a ridge, a hill? There's like, you know... Um, is there a cactus large enough for Leela to, like, slice it up and build herself a little cactus? Be inside of it? There's definitely a cactus big enough for <laughs> Leela to hollow out and fit inside of. Guys, I should come to this sleep deprived more often. I'm just in my creativity. That's such a great idea. <laughs> Give me a survival roll. Oh boy. Oh no. That's a 15. Nice. You start hacking away, uh, and it's going to take you about about 20 minutes to great. to get it the way you want it. Hollow it out and then get inside. <laughs> she does the walk like an Egyptian arms to oh, get. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Anyone else? Any preparations? No, that's it. No. <laughs> we all just leave. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, look at me. I'm so smart. I'm so prickly. Look at me. Janice is going to like try to get under some dirt and make himself look like a rock next to the cactus. <laughs> nice. Well, the IQ matches. Oh, I can burrow. You can burrow. I haven't been able to. <laughs> You finally get to use it. I'm finally on ground. Oh, this is so great. <laughs> what, is, what does Burrow do? I have do? to remember. <laughs> it's a special uh, racial ability for her. Yeah. I have to look it up. It's designed by Justin. You can Burrow actually, suggested by someone on Reddit. Thank you, Reddit, for helping with the Usagi It's, it's a great ability. Build. You can Burrow 15 feet at a time. Cool. That's fucking dope. And that's during, like, combat. Right now, you can Burrow as much as I you want. I can just Burrow. I don't have to use anything. Exactly. Sick. Now, is it just the size of her? Like, the burrow is just like a hole that only she can fit through? During combat, I would say yes. But in this scenario, she can burrow 15 feet in 6 seconds. Okay, so how about we get, like, a system underneath where they're going to be? Like, to destabilize the ground so they could fall in? Also, so we can hide under it, too. Oh, okay. Yep. Like, maybe you Get can, like, in. burrow little pockets for us? What was your plan, Quib? You gotta ask me nicely. <laughs> Quib, would you be so kind as to uh, make a little pocket for me to hide in? Ooh, I would. You didn't say the magic word. Please? I... <laughs> <laughs> So Quib does that. Quib. Well, first Quib starts to burrow a hole that's like size for her, and then she looks at Kriana and is like, "Oh wait," and then like burrows a little bit bigger. As you finish the hole for you and Kriana, you look up and Globok is standing on the edge of the hole. Uh, wait, I thought I was burrowing a separate hole for Kriana, or am I burrowing a big hole? I thought you said you were doing a big hole for the two of you. I'm sorry. Oh, I, I was burrowing a separate hole. Got it. Yeah, yeah. So we so we have like different spots. Like in like a, a circle around where the coordinates are. Got it. The zero. So then on everyone's it. just like staring at me like, yes, bitch. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay, fine. Give me a couple more seconds. And then <laughs> burrows holes for everyone else. How very nice of you. Surrounding the perimeter or they're all to the north, they're all to the south. Where Where is everybody? Uh, Surrounding the perimeter. Okay, cool. Seems to be the wisest. Icebach is finally uh, awake, and he says, uh, I, I will not hide in a hole. I will face my enemy head on. Then you can be up on the ridge. Yes, that is fine. And where is the android? <laughs> I don't. I, Leela does not say anything and does not move. <laughs> She's over there. <laughs> so 
of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, she's just beyond that cactus, but she's hiding and being lookout for us. Mm, perhaps she needs my assistance. <laughs> no, I think she's fine. All right. And Icebach walks over to Classic Bach. I go over. I'm going. I'm going into my hole. And he kneels down and says into your hole, "Before I leave, I will have her head." I think you may have to share that. What do you mean? Uh, I'll just say her head is in great demand. Well, to the victor go the spoils. Uh, do you? All right. And he goes up onto the ridge. And then we wait. And then you wait. And Kobach summons Oberon. Day two. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you summon Oberon in your hole? Yeah. That's cool. Okay. And then I just like play around with them. Intimate. Uh, Quib, do you mind uh, making the burrow a bit bigger so uh, Liza can fit in there? Ah, Liza's here. Oh, that damn monkey. Ah, <laughs> uh, fine. I appreciate so Quib, it, Quib. like, scurries out of her hole and then, like, burrows a little extra bit for Liza and then pops back. A little bit of time passes, and in the distance, you can see a vehicle is headed to the rendezvous point. Here, you guys. While that time is passing, I'm going to meditate uh, to have stealth as my side reel influence. Okay. So I get just a D4 bonus to stealth. Or D6, sorry. I heard that. As the vehicle gets closer, this is looks like a uh, it's like an eighteen wheeler, eighteen wheeler truck. But the bed is empty. There's nothing in the bed of the the truck. It stops right here at the rendezvous point in the middle of your perimeter that you've that you formed. And this humanoid figure gets out. They've got their head wrapped up in uh, some some cloth, and the armor that they're wearing you would recognize. We would recognize as like a samurai's armor. They hop out, and they look around, and they tap the side of the truck, and the door opens again, and four goblins uh, get out of the truck. And you can hear this uh, humanoid figure. The humanoid figure is two feet taller than the, the goblins, who are as big as Quib is. This figure points around all over, and the goblins start to spread out, and they've got their pistols drawn, and they're just, uh, it looks like they're checking the perimeter. Would everyone please roll a stealth check for me? Man, I'm glad I'd... <laughs> That's it. 19. 12. 15. 21. 13. And Quinn? 12. The goblins are... Walking the perimeter, they've got their pistols drawn, looking around. You can hear them uh, grunting at each other. You look over there, and I'll go over here. Okay, don't tell me what to do. He tells me what to do. Shut up! Quib, the goblin walks next to your hole, walks right past it. You're fine. Leela, one of them gets uncomfortably close to the cactus, and he looks around at... The humanoid figure with the bandages, with the cloth around his face, the hood, looks at the other goblins, looks at the cactus, puts his pistol away, and urinates on the cactus. <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. I knew you were going to do that. As soon as you said uncomfortably close, I was like, he's going to pee on me. I knew it. I have done nothing. <laughs> <laughs> this goblin, however. Leela's super into it. Leela's a professional and remains silent. Of course. Kriana. A goblin gets close to your hidey hole. 
has a look on its face as if, it, ah, what was that? It looks around. Oh, well, just the wind, I guess. Walks the other way. Janice! One of them comes over towards your hiding place. Nothing over here. And Kobach, one of the goblins, you see them walk right past Globok's hole. No problem. They don't even stop over there. One of them comes close to your hole and is looking around. Check the perimeter. <gasps> what was that? And then he burps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <clears throat> Excuse me. And that's it. All, all the goblins start walking back towards this, uh, this humanoid figure. Congratulations, everybody. The goblins rolled a one. <laughs> I really think peeing would only be merited by a three or higher, personally. But That has nothing to do with them looking for people. When nature that... calls. The 12 and 13 were the two I was worried about. I was yeah. like, oh, no. Can Leela roll perception to see if she can recognize the, f- the figure, the wrapped bandaged person? Yeah, go for it. It's a 20. That's pretty good. It's not terrible. Macaulay Culkin divorced his parents, mommy. (laughs) (laughs) The greatest lines ever. I'm sitting here with Connor Gallagher, the Uh, finest lad in all of Dublin. You look at this hooded figure, and as the goblins announce to them, there's no one here, we're all by ourselves. We're just waiting for them to get here. The figure takes their hood off, and you see this person is also wearing what we would recognize as, as like a samurai's helmet. You see the um, somewhat distorted, hideous face of a... I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, but this race is known as a Kanobo. Kanobo. A Kanobo. No, it's K-A-N-A-B-O. You recognize this Kanobo as Kova, a former security guard for Delwert. And it seems he has found other employee. And he says, All right, they should be here any minute. Make sure the truck's ready for them. We gotta get this product back to back to Jim as soon as possible. That's an interesting accent. It's like Kano. <laughs> like Kano. All right, that's him. I think I see him now. Does Leela have a communicator at this point? I would say yes. Leela's gonna call everyone. Uh, um, please, if it is possible to spare the cannibal, I would like to... We need to be able to question him after, yes? So, um, goblins kill, but we might need more information. So, um, keep the cannibal alive, yes? Yeah, no problem. We'll do what we can. So... I don't want us to attack until... Until the you other... You don't want us to attack? We're growing! Yes, and I... Do not want us to attack until the next group gets here. Oh, so okay. we get them all. There it goes. Oh, because it's a handoff, you think? Yeah. Oh. So we have to fully stop the handoff. Uh, would it be possible for us to kill them very quickly, take their costumes, and infiltrate? Okay, first she wants to be a cactus. Now she wants to dress up. Like, what's this I Love Lucy thing you're doing today? Right. It's not a bad idea, but I see where your head's at, but... We're not that quick, and uh, most of us are not the size of goblins. Yeah, those goblin costumes look like they're European sizes, and that's not going to work for my body type. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they never, they never give enough width in the shoulder and the hip and everything. People in Europe don't have thighs. Yeah, it's really weird. Wait, what do you mean? You go, you go to a store, and there's a mannequin, and then you just wear what's on the mannequin. 
And apparently you think like the mannequin too. Hey, Janice. <laughs> Hopefully everyone agrees that we just wait. Um, everyone but Kobach and Leela can see that in the distance there is an aircraft headed for this location. The Conobo turns around uh, once he hears it and he says, All right, let's get ready to uh, accept the package. And one of the goblins hops back into the truck, uh, pushes some buttons, and there are these three like claw-like things in the bed of the truck and they open up you know, like a, like a robotic hand. This small aircraft is now hovering above the the truck and you can see that uh hanging below the aircraft coming out of their their cargo bay is a shipping container and it starts to lower into the back of the truck and as it does the claws the hands on the truck close on the shipping container and then the the tethers that are coming from the aircraft release and are withdrawn back into the cargo of the ship you see the conobo takes a, a walkie-talkie device out of his pocket, and he says, Yeah, we've got it. It's secure. Um, are the goblins armed? Yes, right? Yes. Yes, they're armed. They all had pistols. Let's rip their arms off. <laughs> we ready to fight, y'all? The cannibal says, All right, we've got it. Receive the package. Have a nice day. <laughs> so friendly, That's this the, security the guy. most polite deal. And they said there's no honor amongst thieves. I know, right? Huh. And the dropship, they, they close their, their cargo doors and then they fly off. Alright, now make sure that's secure and then we're gonna get out of here. As soon as they all start walking towards the truck. Okay. And their backs are to us. Oh wait, are they gonna check to see what it is? Should we let them check first? And that way we see too? I mean, because what if it's some kind of weird passcode thing and then we can't get into the fucker? All right. Wait until they open the door of it. And then we'll attack immediately. Yeah, regardless of whether they confirm it or not, as soon as those doors are open is when we're all going. Okay. One of the goblins goes to the door, climbs up, puts his hand on the back of the the truck. It reads his hand, and then you hear a, a large like unlatching and he opens up one of the doors and Kriana and Janice are the only ones that are at a vantage point to be able to see into the back of the truck what you see crammed in there like not only shoulder to shoulder but butt to gut butt to gut just crammed into this uh, cage that is in the back of this shipping container are young Usagi (gasps) So as soon as like the lock mechanism sounds, yes, like and it starts to come up, Karana's bursting out attack. of his burrow. Okay, give me an attack roll. Yeah, and he's kind of like tossing Liza towards the goblin at the door. Oh, cool! Like as he's doing so it. So let's do Liza first. Okay, Liza launches at the goblin, and that's uh that's thirty feet. Uh, so give uh, Liza an acrobatics roll well, first. Well, maybe I'll roll like as I'm running. Okay, can that's fine. That? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Then she can reach him, no problem. Give me an attack roll for Liza. Attack roll? All right. I don't know what her bonuses are. It's Liza with a Z. But it's only a five. Oh, well, then that's probably not going to get it. Um, <laughs> roll an attack roll for yourself. Okay. I'm, I'm shooting the pistol. Okay. And Janice, what are you doing while he's doing this? Well, I think if I see Kriana bursting out of his hole, I'm going to follow suit. So, like, 
stand up and like whip off the dirt. There's just the one goblin at the back, yeah? Yes. I'm going to throw my knife at the goblin. Okay. I threw Liza at the one by the back door, but I'm shooting at the other one. That's what I'm shooting the pistol at. I, I rolled a 14 altogether. Okay. And that's a KAC. You toss Liza towards the one at the back. Liza is so forceful. She wants to hit this goblin so bad for you. She rams her head into the back of the, <laughs> of the truck and ends up toppling onto the ground. She doesn't take any damage, but she just was very enthusiastic. Yeah. <laughs> Falls on the ground. You pull out your pistol. You fire at that goblin, and you hit him. Roll me some damage. Oh, that's not uh, That's five altogether. Five damage. He gets hit in the in the gut. And he's like, ah! Then he immediately starts bleeding. He's grasping at his abdomen. He's uh, hunched over now. He's like, oh, what the hell? And obviously, I am photon attuning. Obviously. And Janice, you throw your knife. What was your attack roll? My attack roll was a sixteen. And you are throwing the knife at the goblin on the back, right? Yes, that Liza was going for. Okay, roll me some damage. Poor Liza. It'll be a four. You pop out of your hole really quick. You knock that dirt off of you. You quickly, flawlessly take your knife out and toss it towards this goblin. A 16 will hit, and you hit him in the back right between his shoulder blades. And he takes four points of damage. Nice. And because it has the called enchantment, I'm going to call it back. Or is that the beginning of next turn? No, you can totally do that. Right, because it's one in one. As long as you don't move, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, you reach out. What was the word you say to, like, get it back? Here, boy. Here, boy. And it, it disappears. The, the <laughs> goblin feels the tension in his back uh, leave. And he's like, ah! Yeah, but the blood is like... <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. And uh, the knife returns to your hand with some goblin blood on it. And Gross. I take a taste. Let's... No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> it just got dark. Yes. Jan just got really in the moment. Quib. Yes. Kobak. Leela. You see these attacks. Would you like to do anything? Yes. Yep. Yes. Who wants to go first? Quib. Yeah, she's chomping at the bit over here. Quib's so jazzed. <laughs> well, I, okay, so Quib still has not seen that there are Usagi in the back of the truck. That is true. Correct. This is what's happening. But Quib <laughs> has seen that y'all attacked the goblins, so she's ready to go. So Quib is going to burst up from her burrow straight up in the air. Yes. Laser rifle drawn and is just going to shoot right at the goblin that's directly in front of her. Quib is going to shoot the one that is stabbed. Nice. Go for it. Give me an attack roll. Can you imagine? Like, ah! 24. Ooh. Oh, yeah. That's definitely going to hit. Give me some Uh, damage. You sure it's going to hit? Pretty sure. Seven damage. Seven damage. That is a lot. Uh, Quip, describe to me how this goblin dies. Nice. Uh, so as Quib bursts out of her burrow, she's just, <laughs> just like screaming like a full rage. She's just very <laughs> pent up. And uh, she shoots him. Where was he stabbed? In the back. In the back. Between the shoulder blades. Okay. We're going to say that his side is facing Quib. So Quib's uh, rifle is going to shoot him right through like the side of his abdomen and it's going to go through his body and out the other side and then just kind of hit the tire of the truck and then as that happens uh just blood spurting out from each side of him as he collapses to the ground God. that is exactly how that happens it hits badass. the ground with a thud Paul's like oh my god i did it because <laughs> <laughs> it all happened like instantly yeah. Leela, kobak 
you want to go? Please. Okay, I'm going to send Oberon over okay. to the one that JD shot. How does he attack? Does he bite? What does he do? He goes into a full gallop. He's like swinging those antlers back and forth, and then he like basically pounces on the goblin. Give me an attack roll. It's a three. Plus? Okay, so eight. Eight. Okay. This goblin has just been shot in the abdomen. He's, he's clutching his gut where, where blood is already uh, profusely coming out. And Oberon runs over and is trying to take a bite out of this goblin. Uh, but this goblin has messed with dogs before, obviously. He takes out uh, his dog slicer and <gasps> slices at no! Oberon, which makes Oberon pause. It doesn't hurt Oberon, but uh, it's enough to make Oberon miss. Kobach, is there anything you would like to do separate from Oberon? Magic missile. Our pets are just not working out, so... Uh, no. Don't roll anything. Just describe to me how this goblin dies, because there's no way he's not going to die from a magic <laughs> oh, yeah, missile. Oh, yeah, automatic hit. Okay, so um, Kobach pulls out his uh, staff, takes it high, directs it at the goblin. Two twin missile meteors come out of the sky, sail right into his chest, and pow, pow, right behind each other, basically obliterating him into meatloaf mix. <laughs> so the first one hits him, and it's a solid, like, pow. And then the second one hits him, and it uh, does cause him to explode a bit, and then just all over the truck. Like, yeah, just like splat. Yeah, splat. Leela. Okay, so as a swift action, Leela's going to drop p- prone. Okay. Bursting out of the cactus? <laughs> Still wearing the cactus. Still wearing the cactus. Um, so she had her uh, her rifle ready in her cactus suit, dropped to the ground. I'm just imagining a cactus <laughs> with a silhouette. This is my favorite and image. And a rifle. <laughs> Picture it however you like. And then uh, she drops to the ground and takes a shot at the cannibal. Okay. Give me an attack roll. I got an 11. It's better than a three. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got I got a 12. You fire your rifle at Kova, the Conobo, and it sails right by him. The emotions you're feeling from seeing him again after after a while are distracting you. It sails right by him and takes out one of the headlights of the truck. Everybody roll initiative. That was a good surprise round, Wait though. For that. 14. I got a 13 altogether. I got a 9. Oh, shit. I'm an 18. I lied. I keep forgetting about modifiers. Connor got a seven. <laughs> I got a five. <laughs> that was a lot of work. <laughs> a lot of work for nothing. How high is the truck? Like, how tall is it? Like 15 feet high. Oh, okay. All right, first up is Kova. And he saw you shot at him, Leela. So now he's coming at you. Uh-oh. Does he recognize her? I'm still wearing a cactus. Oh, it's right. a cactus that shot him. <laughs> a lying down cactus. My old nemesis. <laughs> cactus with a gun. Does the cactus provide any extra armor? Oh. Uh, we're about to find out, aren't we? <laughs> it's prickly. If he hits me, he's going to get pricked. <laughs> he comes at the cactus, and you can see him pull out this uh, long curved blade. And that is an 18 to hit your KAC. Uh, I've got a 15 KAC. So that hits. How much ouchie? So he slashes into the cactus, and he gets you hard for 11 damage. Did the cactus hurt him at all? Cactus did not hurt him. He didn't touch it with his body, just his sword. Good point. Up next is Leela. Uh, Leela jumps to her feet and punches Kova in the face with some sparky spark gloves. Go for it. Give me an attack roll. 
six plus, uh, 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 14. A 14. As you go to punch him, he redirects your punch, and then he slices at you again with his blade. Wow. That is a 23 to hit. Jesus. He's good with that sword. And he gets you for 15 points of damage. Oh, my God. So as you go to punch him, he grabs your wrist and then thrusts his curved blade into your abdomen, doing 15 points of damage. Wow. Up next is Globok and Quib. You look over and you see Globok erupt from his hidey hole and he holds his hand out in front of him and this a small sphere of green radiation energy forms and blasts towards the goblin right there. Like Starfire. Like Starfire, Ooh. exactly like Starfire, yes. Coriander. Coriander. And he hits that goblin for four points of damage. So not like Starfire. After Globok. It's Icebok. Is Icebok. Leela. Yes. Does a 17 hit your EAC? Yes. You take nine points of damage as Icebok comes up above the ridge and hits you with his rifle. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's not even going for the conibo, that little fucker. No. Icebok remembers. Nine points? Yes, nine points. This may not be the right time, but, I like, is coming. but I like to mind thrust Leela. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> Let's just take her on out. Where's Icebuck? He's up on a ridge uh, further away. Oh, shoot, right. And so you hit, you feel this uh, cold blast of energy hit you from uh, your right side, and you hear a voice shout, That was for shocking me. <laughs> now we're even. At least you're even. Okay. Yeah. Jesus Christ. After Icebach is Kriana. Oh, wow. Okay, sure. I'm going to go after the... What did we land on? Kanobo? Kanobo. Yeah, what I'm going to do is I'm going to do the, the bull rush. So he has to do a reflex save. Okay. That is a 21. Yeah, he makes it. So he doesn't go prone. So he takes... Uh, I don't know if you round up or round down half of nine fire damage. All right, so you stellar rush him. Uh, he does not go prone. He sees you coming. He takes his blade out of Leela, and you, you strike him and do four points of fire damage. Up next, after Kriana, is Quib. Yes! Take him down. Is Kanabo still, like, in the same place, or did he move? He's more uh, next to Leela now. So he's farther away? Yeah. Okay. But you definitely have enough movement to, like, come over here if you want to and then shoot. Quib is going to run underneath the truck. Ooh, nice. And from beneath cool. the truck, she's going to, uh, previously has switched to the Gary special rifle, and she's going to shoot at Conabo from beneath the truck. Go for it. And you're really used to shooting at people's feet with that rifle, so that should work. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of previous experience. A throwback. Uh, 25 experience for Conabo yeah. for, uh, for that callback. <laughs> Actually, aiming for the knees, but whatever. <laughs> I forgot she shot herself in the foot. 16. 16. So you pull out the Gary special rifle. You uh, aim down the sights. You fire, and you see it. it's a direct hit, but it seems to bounce right off of his armor and do no effect. Oh, shit. So you missed, but that was my flavor of, like, it's just bouncing off of his armor. 16's not good enough? God, his armor class is going to be high. Fuck. Can I redo my... <laughs> <laughs> After Quib is Janice. If Janice runs, he can make it to the um, 
to Delworth's old security guard. It's within my range. I would say that you could get halfway through the truck because you didn't you didn't move at all. No, not yet. So I could I would say that you could move around the truck and then half the length of the truck. Okay, no. Instead, I am going to or Janice, pardon, is going to draw out his tactical semi-auto pistol. Okay. He's going to fire at Icebach. You're going to shoot Icebach while we're fighting somebody else? Give me an attack roll. Just eight. So you fire in Icebach's direction. You do not make it. Yeah, it's pretty far away. But he sees you do it, and he says, What was that? Why? I do not understand. I have done nothing against the Lashanta. And that's all. No quippy response. Reloading, quickly. <laughs> After that is the goblins. Oh, yeah, there's still goblins. <laughs> there are still I thought we goblins. <laughs> Forgot there's two more. The two goblins that are left, they, they uh, have their pistols out. One of them's going to fire at Globox. The other one's going to fire at Quib, who is under the truck. The shot on Globox misses. Ah, this stupid thing. And the shot on Quib. That is a 15 to hit you, but you get a plus two from being under the truck. What is your EAC? 14. Plus two. So 16. 16, so it misses. Yeah. Ha Ah, mine too. They're all broken. We are back to Kova. Ah. And Kriana, you just hit him and he doesn't like it. So So Kova looks at you, Kriana. He doesn't say anything, but he brings his curved blade around across his body and it's a 19 to hit your KAC. Yeah, that hits. All right. And he does eight points of slashing damage to your body. He looks at you and says, You're all a lively bunch, ain't you? <laughs> Leela, you're up. I'm going to try to punch this guy. Okay. 16. 16. You try to punch him again. And he hears the servos uh, that, that move your, your joints and whatnot. He hears them activating and moving. And he turns around and sees your punch as it, it's about to land. And he grabs your wrist again and comes at you with the curved blade once more. And that is a 24 to hit your KAC. I believe it hits. Yes? Yes, it does. And he says, I think this arm belongs to me now. And he slices off your forearm right at the elbow and does nine points of slashing oh, damage shit. to you. I'm, I'm done, HP. You're done? Yeah. Perfect. Wait, so you didn't have any you didn't have any stamina points? I I went through them all. Jesus Christ. This guy's kicking my fucking ass. Oh god. So, Kriana, you have a front row seat to this attack. He brings his curved blade down on your elbow, slices off your forearm, your lifeless wrist and hand now in his hand, it is grasp. And Kriana, you watch as the light in her eyes and the circuits on her head, on, on her undercut, go out, and Leela falls on her back, lifeless. And that's where we're going to end this episode. Oh, you son of a bitch! <laughs> Whoa. Oh. Wow. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Tableverse podcast. The crew of the Terrapin will return next week. If you like this episode, please consider leaving us a review and rating on iTunes. It'd really go a long way to help other amazing people, such as yourself, to find the show. If you'd like to keep up with us between episodes, you can find us across all social media platforms at the Tableverse. The Tableverse podcast is a Tim and Jester production. It is hosted by Justin Harris. You can find him at Chairs Harris. The podcast is edited by Jeffrey Duke and Justin Harris. Quib is played by Allison Klemp. You can find her at Allison Klemp. Powell is played by Connor Gallagher. I'm him. We are at Connor Said What. Gobunk is played by Quinten Lamar. You can find him at Quinten Lamar. Captain Justus Kriana is played by Jeffrey Duke. You can find him at Jeffrey Duke. Original music for the Tableverse podcast was composed by Jennifer Rowcamp. You can find her at jenniferrowcamp.com. Original artwork for the Tableverse podcast is illustrated by Liara K. Crane. You can find her at liarakcrane.co.uk. Until next time, remember, never say goodbye to anyone at a party. It's Nady. Wait, so are we helping him up? I jumped down, picked him up off the ground, tossed him over the back of my Okbaru like a sack of potatoes, and continued on my merry way, JD. I appreciate it that. It was epic. Maybe you didn't hear it over the sound of youthful joy. <laughs> <laughs> Which we would like to silence as quickly as possible. Wait, should we tell them Santa's Don't not worry. real? Team, the team years will do No, that. then it'll be a bunch of cries. Quick announcement. They're like, oh yeah, we're all Jewish. We live on the Upper West Side. <laughs> we know. <laughs>